Howdy, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Roots Podcast. As always, I am Pirates with my co-host Matthew Bartlett, the founder and managing editor of the Roots, your source for Rice Sports news and analysis. So, with this basketball to start, <laughs> uh, didn't uh, didn't the women's team tweet they're like two weeks away from starting practice or something like that? Yeah, so uh, we're gonna spend. Uh, this show, you know, breaking down the uh, revamped women's roster, uh, talking about, you know, Quincy Oliveri, best shooter in the conference or uh, best shooter in the conference. And, uh, you know, all that comes the the, the uh, exciting times on the, the hard court for Rice. Hey, all I'm saying is that they had the top two offense, top three offense in Conference USA last year, and they got everybody back and they added a couple like grad transfers who could shoot. They might be really fun. Really fun. Uh, unlike Rice <laughs> football to this point in the season. Um, you know. Uh, where, where to start? <laughs> yeah. uh, like we said, you're never going to draw everything from a game against a team with as much talent as Texas does compared to Rice. And uh, losing your top two quarterbacks in, what, the first half first quarter of the game it's not great um yeah <laughs> but that at the same time that was about as disheartening as it possibly could have been yeah and i guess we gotta set the stage we talked last week a little bit uh, about texas and you know kind of compared notes between how rice played against arkansas and how texas played against arkansas and you could paint the picture that this this could be an interesting game um but it, it wasn't and uh part of that equation is you have rice on there uh i guess it was their second possession go down and attempt a field goal and miss and uh the else field goal kicker is one for four on the season right now uh, and that was a bummer. And then, lo and behold, that ended up being Luke McCaffrey's last drive of the game uh, as he left with an undisclosed injury. And then Wiley Green comes in. He plays two drives and he leaves. Uh, and so at that point, Rice is down to QB3 and they're down. Uh, what at that point? Was it just 10 nothing to Texas? I think. <laughs> And you're going to have to help me brainstorm here. It just how often of all the college football and pro football for that, for that matter of, of teams that you have followed, have you seen a team get down to its third quarterback at any point during the season? Uh, Let alone like, the third game. Uh, like Alabama in 2004. And Maryland that one year when all of their quarterbacks tore their ACLs. Oh yeah, they got to like six deep. Yeah, That's they true. went. They went in like deep. the same game, right? Like yeah, Terrell no. Pigram. Like all and... happened at once. Oh shoot! So that's uh, two instances over a uh, twenty decade span. <laughs> yeah, no, it doesn't happen often. <laughs> and Rice has now gone to QB three four consecutive seasons. That almost doesn't make sense. Uh, yeah. What do we got? So, like, what's going on in the quarterback room there, man? Like, we got to, you know, 
inspect that place for traps or something like that. Like something make, something terrible is happening in there. Make sure they're eating their Wheaties or something. Yeah, jeez. Um, and so I, I think that's a port an important lens. Um, we're not going to sugarcoat that. There's a lot. There's it's ninety nine point nine percent bad from this game. Like there's not really much yeah. good to take away. Um, but I will say, talking with uh, Coach Bloomgren and the staff after the game, I did mention that, uh, or Bloomgren did mention that the the scheme and the game plan um, this game was built entirely around Luke McCaffrey and his running ability, um, and we saw that a little bit early in the game. He had that scramble on third down on the first drive that turned nothing into almost a first down. Um, I guess that was was that his only official run of the day? I think it was, but he got out and moved around the pocket and did a couple things. So uh, when uh, when he went out, um, it the the game plan went out with him, and so at that point, it was kind of piecing it together, and it was very very obvious that whatever the plan was, it was not it was just not going to work. Yeah. Um, I guess the counterpoint to that would be we're now four years into the program, four years into having the staff here, and uh, that has to be your offensive game plan is hope that the like build everything around the running ability of the transfer quarterback we just got. Um, like I think we've reached a point where it's fair to question like. Why is quarterback development not happening? Uh, and there is still time to get that question answered and still time for, you know, if Luke stays healthy for the season, um, he's obviously got several more years of eligibility after this. And if he can build from here and things can get a lot better, they can get a lot better. I mean, the the ultimate thing from this game, I would say to take away is that, like, everything is still in front of Rice here. Like, if you were to bet on the single most likely outcome through three games, it was probably going to be that they were open three. Like, and we said that we said that three yeah. weeks ago, we said this team is probably going to be open three. <laughs> so in terms of record and in terms of possibilities, like everything is still on the table. The flip side to that is after watching those three weeks, how much faith do you have that they can accomplish anything? that's left on the table. And I think it's quite fair from a fan perspective to not have a whole lot of faith in that at this point. But the the roughest part is over, I guess, is is the, the optimist's look at this. Um, but it's fair to say that any goodwill that was bought by, you know, playing very competitively through three quarters against Arkansas is pretty much out the door at this point. And... Yeah, pressure. wouldn't it be interesting if they just flipped the first three games in our minds? They started out getting shut out 58 nothing to Texas. Then you had the Houston game, and you're like, man, that was awful. And then you have the Arkansas game. You're like, oh, we figured something out. But that's not how it happened. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and Jake Constantine, uh, I was talking to some folks after the game. That was the first time he's played in a college football game since 2019 at Weber State. Um, he was 12 for 15, 80 yards. He was pretty good. 
I'm, yeah, it, it's irrelevant at this <laughs> point because he was losing by six touchdowns by the time he got in. Yeah. No, I guess he, he came in at the end of the second at the end of the second quarter, right? So it was it was forty four to nothing at that point. Mm. Um, I'm trying to remember my to nothing scores. Um, so uh, there's that. I, I think if we're kind of going down our our list of critiques, I think you hit on it. I think quarterback play and quarterback development um, was really disappointing. Um, I thought. And Wiley was five for six uh, when he was in. And I, he, he even ran with the ball a little bit and moved around. Uh, he had four carries. Um, I, I was, I thought he was fine. Um, so I, I'm, I question that a little bit, but also um, I'm maybe, maybe that's not my biggest concern because of uh, just how the game went. I, I really think the, um, the inability to run the football when it mattered um, is still something that's gnawing at me. And, the, and then the the passing game, uh, anything at the intermediate level, uh, I think those are the two things that really stand out as uh, a hindrance to when I'm watching this game or when I watched it. Like the Houston game, I thought the offensive line just got blown up off the blocks and then it yeah. was all the window. This game... I didn't really see that um, the Texas defensive line, you know, played pretty well and obviously caused some problems, but I thought protection for the most part was pretty good. Um, I thought there was some running lanes. Um, yeah. I mean, they ran the ball, I think better than they have all year, um, at least from a like per carry. I mean, they had even just the raw number 32 carries for 144 yards. Um and Kalen had a 31-yard carry, which, is that the longest of his career? I'm fairly certain. Yeah. And and I will say this, because I know it will be caught up at some point. Uh, Kalen's 31-yard carry came on that power toss that has a love-hate relationship with this fan base. <laughs> <laughs> also, there's something deeply wrong in the... Or maybe this was off like a fumble or something. I'm... I'm Totally blanking on it. There was a weird play here, but uh, the ESPN box score has Shea Baker with a twelve with zero carries for twelve yards. Yes, he fell on Kalen's fumble. That's right. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> Which that's probably another piece to hit on, and I think this is um, something that Bloomgren mentioned after the game, um, and we've kind of seen this in the past. If you don't protect the football with this program. Um, you don't play um, that got Wiley demoted from starter to scout team last year. Um, and I think I, we might have seen uh, as well as Kalen ran uh, that fumble and he's had some fumbling issues um, throughout his career. Ball security has not really been his forte. Um, I think, and he had that, uh, the, uh, it wasn't a screen pass. I guess it was a dump off that was almost a fumble. And he got, I, he got pretty lucky. It, well, it was ruled a fumble on the field and then yeah. overturned and called incomplete. Um, those two, I think, fall out from this game. I'm not going to be shocked if we see Jordan Myers carry the ball 20 times against Texas Southern. Yeah. And if you would have told me Jordan Myers carrying the ball 20 times was on my bingo card before he switched to running back in the spring. 
now just said, what is happening this season? Yeah, no. So, I don't know. I guess you can try to point and say, like, you know, even in a blowout, in the weirdness of all that, like, like even if you take Kalen out, the running back carries, you add them all up between Juma and Cam and Ari and Jordan, you get, like, 16 carries for 82 yards, which is over five yards a carry. Um, so there were, and there were like, like 31 yards from Kalen, 23 yards from Jordan, 12 yards from Ari. Like there were some like longer runs in this game in the way they didn't have against say Arkansas. I don't know if game state had a huge influence on that. Maybe it did, but, um, there are some small positives here. And hey, Luke McCaffrey posted a QBR of 78.1, uh, granted on only three passes and one run, but that's <laughs> that's almost as good as Casey Thompson's. <laughs> yeah. So, I guess... Uh, and I think something that, on, on the running game, something I thought was interesting, so we saw them open up the game um, with a sequence we've seen a lot, run, run, pass, punt. Um, and then the the second rice drive, um, I believe that was also, or no, the second rice drive was the drive that they got off the turnover, um, which shout out to, uh, I think he was a, a Kina who had a, the, the defensive line, I thought played pretty well, um, all things considered. Got the pressure and hit Casey Thompson a lot. He threw up a duck. And uh, Gabe Taylor got under it, um, got the ball back. And then Luke McCaffrey ended, ended up being the longest drive of the night before the garbage time drive, yeah. which went 87 yards, I'm saying. Um, but that sequence, the Owls kind of mixed it up and um, they started. It, it kind of felt like throwing to run. Um, I don't know if you kind of like noticed that or that was just me, um, but they let Luke. Uh, go through the air and that set up uh, on that drive. I, I remember uh, a third and four, a third and one, um, third and four again, uh, a bunch of short manageable gains and mixing in the passing and the running and not just so like you want. I, we understand you want to run the football in this offense, uh, but mixing that in and having McCaffrey kind of go back and forth, I thought helped. Um, sometimes the best way to run the ball is to throw it a little bit and force them to lighten up the box. Yeah, and I and I thought they were kind of getting there, uh, and then McCaffrey went out and it was gone, um, which was which was frustrating. Um, I think, and after that point, um, you know, they ended up falling behind. I think, I think it was sixteen nothing after the first quarter, um, but at that point, it was still uh, the game. You know, wasn't out of reach, um, and you saw them through the second quarter. Um, oh, I was just looking at they average. Oh, shoot. Or was it something like uh, five yards of carry again uh, just in the second quarter? Um, so it wasn't just garbage time running. It was 4.4 4, uh, in the second quarter. Um, 4.6 overall in the first half, 5.1 in the second half, like we talked about. So they were able to run the football, um, which you're talking about. It was 2.2 a carry, basically, Yeah, throughout Arkansas and the first 50 minutes against Houston. Like that does point to clearly, clearly improved 
offensive line play as relative to those two games. So that is not nothing considering, I think, the offensive line was maybe our biggest worry through two weeks. So, Yeah, I think so. And then the receivers, I think, um, I don't know if they did anything that honestly stood out to me. Um, The longest pass play of the night was a 21-yard catch by Trey Patterson. So uh, um, not a banner day for the... uh, Jack Bradley had a couple good catches early in the game. Yeah. Um, uh, Jordan Myers had a, a couple outlets where he was the trusted guy, uh, but that was it. We really didn't see much of anybody, um, and they're going to have to figure something out because it's probably going to be the same group of guys uh, against Texas Southern at the very least, and uh and maybe yeah. it was a function of the rotating quarterback situation, but there really wasn't any uh, any downfield shots. Am I forgetting anything? I Maybe I've tried to block this game from my memory, but yeah, I don't really no. remember um, anything deep. And so it, it kind of, after Texas went up, I think 23, uh, 23 to nothing in, in the second quarter, they scored that first touchdown. Uh, because that was the Bajan Robinson um, goal line rush. Um, and, and and I guess if I don't know how much if we have anything more to say on the offense, but I do want to hit on the defense um, and my notes here. I'll let you uh, behind the scene on our show, Doc. I put <laughs> for the rice defense. My note was they got Bajan Robinson. Um, if you can verb that. Because yeah. I. I you and I have both watched a lot of college football and you know, it's one of the things when you know a player is incredibly talented and then you see him and you're like, he's better than, than I thought. Um, And there were, there were two sequences I wanted to highlight that just kind of, and maybe this is somewhat comforting because the conversation that we had uh, when we were breaking down the Houston game, was we were critical of Rice because they didn't get out-talented. They just got out-played. Um, yeah. With Bajan Robinson, they got out-talented because on the first drive of the game, they had a had a zone run, and he just cut it back into space. And there was one linebacker guarding the, the, the weak side, and he was in fairly good position. But Robinson just cut so quickly and so severely and just went and was wide open for a chunk gain. And that I was that point I was like, oh, you can play everything right and it still doesn't matter. Um and then the touchdown run, they had a linebacker in the hole. It was not poorly defended. They were ready and he just ran him over. Yeah. Um <laughs> like I don't think you feel good about how Rice played in this game regardless, but there were, like, it is a good and useful reminder that, like, Texas, as poorly as they have played at times this year, has some dudes. Like, uh, John Robinson is obviously one. Um, Keelan, Ro- like, it's it's funny, like, you look at, there is no way to make nice out of 41 carries for 427 yards for Texas, but... Um, 
three different running backs had a touchdown run of at least 62 yards for Texas. And a lot of that is just like um, Keelan Robinson posted a very Keelan Robinson at Alabama type stat line of five carries for 83 yards and a touchdown. And one of those five carries was a 65 yard touchdown, which is pretty much the stat lines he was putting up in 2019 when he was a true freshman. So um, yeah, yeah, this is just is dudes with bonkers. like real speed. Um and like Xavier Worthy, like uh, maybe it's reductive, but played for or was very much wanted by Alabama is a useful shorthand for uh, how talented is a guy. And Xavier Worthy, uh, who was originally committed to Michigan and then ended up in Texas, but I know, uh, like I follow Alabama recruiting closely enough to uh, to know that he was a guy that Alabama really wanted. Uh, so he is he is a dude. Um, yeah, and he was he was their go-to guy. They got him on a lot of um, – when Rice did get Texas to third down, he, he had a couple big third down grabs and was just the guy – kind of the guy that was always open. Um, and, and on the running backs, and this is something that um, – I think the speed component was part of it because you just saw um, – it, it was actually on the – I think it was the Roshan Johnson touchdown run where he got it and he had space. And you're like, okay – there's two guys in between him and the end zone. And then he just outran them. And he was just like, Oh, <laughs> yeah. okay. <laughs> um, so there's that piece. I, I I'm interested to see. I think we saw it. Houston was able to have success with um, just that kind of like dump out um, curl uh, wheel, whatever you want to call it to the, the running back in, in space, get into the shallow part of that that zone and make plays. I think they got, well, they got one touchdown and one almost touchdown. Like got stopped on like the one yard line Houston did. And that's he and Texas had a, a couple of their runs and set up. Uh, they did a, a good job of getting outside the tackle um, and accelerating onto that edge. And so if there's a, um, I know largely we've been pretty um, forgiving of the defensive performances so far, because we, we know what they're capable of. And once they're playing, you know, a probably a more reasonable talent level and the offense is hopefully not shooting itself in the foot, um, they'll, they'll have a better chance. Um, but that was kind of something that I've kind of circled. If I were a opposing offensive coordinator, I would uh, get the fastest guy uh, in space and, and put him down on as far as I can outside the numbers um, and let him go. I think that's kind of something that I've seen this defense for as good as it's been. Uh, you don't have the Blaze Aldridge that can go sideline to sideline. Yeah. Uh, maybe that's what it is, honestly. Yeah. And well, maybe that's a uh, an argument for playing Desmond Baker a little more because I think he's the closest thing they have to a kind of like, you know, fleet of foot sideline to sideline linebacker. But um, yeah, I don't know if I have a whole lot more to say about this game. I think we've, um, I somehow have, have, talked myself off the ledge a little bit with regard to this game <laughs> during the course of this. So um, I do think some of this was very much like for, again, as unimpressive as they have been at times, um, this Texas team has a lot of talent. And when you play to your talent level as they did, like sometimes that's just all that really matters, particularly when your opponent is on its third string quarterback. Um, so I don't know. I I will wash my hands of this one unless you have any last minute. Uh, 
I have to say. I had, I had two other notes that um, I've kind of had in the back of my my head. Um, so two things. First off, um, part of what makes this law so hard to process um, is kind of the expectations that came in with this season. Um, and then the fact that we have seen and and maybe it was this maybe the defense in particular playing at a above their own standard level maybe the defense was just so good against Arkansas and it kind of gave us some false hope Um, but I think it was even with the quarterback loss to, to get beat 58 to nothing. Um, it just, it can't happen. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and like, it's one thing if it's a fully functional <laughs> death star, you know, like Alabama in 2020 or, you know, like one of the great Trevor Lawrence Clemson teams or whatever. And like, yeah, again, this and, Texas and we know Texas talent. is not that. Yeah. Like this Texas team is probably pretty good. Um, and d- again, definitely has talent, but is not that type of talent, not that type of team, you know? Yeah. And so that's the, that's the first thing that I, it, I kind of wanted to like acknowledge at least that this, like this, this is the kind of thing that's not supposed to be happening in year four. Um, yeah. and it's not supposed to be happening with the talent, especially that Rice has on defense. Um, and you know the story we've been telling ourselves for four years now that the offense is going to come around. So like that, that's, it's just inexcusable. Um, and uh, on the same side of that coin, uh, Georgia did just bludgeon UAB 56 to seven, um, last weekend, <laughs> the weekend prior. Um, yeah. so I, at the same time, as I say that, um, it's also, you know, had we not known if this was game one, you know, erase everything. And you said you got down to your third quarterback and a program that was ranked in the top 25 to start the year and has an insane talent advantage over you, beat you by 58 points. You'd say that sucks, but I understand. Um, so I think I, if it's possible for both of those things to be true, yeah. I wanted to kind of convey both points that like, Rice can't be losing like this in this way at this point um, of Bloomgren's tenure. And at the same time, sometimes you just get out talented. And I think if Bajan Robinson had not existed, you know, maybe this is a, a 31 to nothing game and you feel bad, <laughs> but not embarrassed. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but I mean, <sighs> it, it was frustrating. I, I think at least for the most part, and I can, I can pass along this. Um, Wiley Green is officially out. Um, well, I guess that's been early set. I'm, I'm telling you now. It, <laughs> I've been told that Wiley Green is officially out for this coming game against Texas Southern. Uh, the expectation as we record this on Monday evening um, is that Luke McCaffrey is trending towards being able to go. Um, so, uh, and if you not yet uh, go subscribe on patreon patreon.com slash at the roost we have um, we'll have a midweek end end of week um, update on uh, the injuries and you know <laughs> all throughout practice uh, was out there today and a couple interesting things um, worth passing along so I'll plug that but 
Uh, we'll let you know. We'll probably by Wednesday, Thursday, we'll have a good sense of who's going to be cleared and who's not, um, who's going to be ready to go. Um, so that's going to be big. And, you know, if we, I guess we're, we're done Texas, we'll give, I, I don't know if we need to like, well, I'm not going to go into the X's and O's on Texas Southern. Um, but <laughs> I think we can kind of talk, um, a couple bigger picture, um, significance and importance of what needs to happen on Saturday, um, for this program. Um, as I kind of get through, I think at this point we are going to have Luke McCaffrey um, at quarterback. You should have the same receiving core that Rice had last week. And I expect, like I mentioned earlier, I think Jordan Myers is going to be your bell cow running back. Uh, your offensive line played, uh, you know, if the, if the tackles were bad against Arkansas and the interior was bad against Houston, I think... I would say they both played pretty good. Um, you know, even even with the score, I thought they did they did well um, or well enough to move the ball um, against Texas. So you got all your offensive pieces back. Um, your defense is not facing Bijan Robinson, so the kind of the stage is set. You you have you have to go and win. Yeah. Um... I think really for the rest of the season, there is a um, we've done a lot of well, the record or the results haven't shown it yet, but we still feel like there's a lot of, you know, things ahead for the team. There's a lot of promising play. Like, I think for me, it's really put up or shut up time for the rest of the season. Like, it can't just be like, oh, you feel good about how they played. you got to win. you got to get some wins. And uh, you, you're looking at a great stretch here. Um Texas Southern, uh, if I am doing the math right on the number of teams here, um, based on uh, Bill Connolly's FCS SP plus ratings, if you mash all of Division One together, Texas Southern is, I think, 253rd out of 258 total teams in all of Division One. Um, I think SP would have Rice at about a 25 point favorite here. Uh, and like I don't care if like like Luke or who or 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 Jake Constantine or or TJ or whoever is a quarterback, um, it should not matter in this game. You should win this game and you should win it comfortably. You want Luke there because I think he just needs the reps running the offense at this point. But um, Rice needs to not only win this game but um, use it as an opportunity to kind of get their house in order. Uh, and then after that, you're playing a Southern Miss team that is, quite frankly, very bad and will just be coming off. Southern Miss plays Alabama this weekend. Uh, yeah, so talk they, about the rat, bad time to run into the Nick Saban buzzsaw. Yeah, right. Um, so uh, they're going to be beat. They're they're bad and they're going to be beat all the hell after playing Alabama. So um, you should win that one, too, quite frankly, I think. Um, and, and then you get a fight. Yeah, and then you get a bye week. And then if you if it, entering the season, we had basically kind of understood that the most probable scenario would was two and three at the bye week. Um, yeah, we said if you can steal one of the first three, that would be great. Be three and two, um, but all things considered, to be one game behind schedule would not be the worst thing. Um, especially after you're starting 0-3. Um, 
but on the on I one more note on Texas Texas Southern. Um, they have uh, since October twenty seventh of two thousand and eighteen. Two thousand eighteen, they have won one game, and that one game they won two nothing, because it was an official forfeit in the spring FCS season. So they didn't actually play. <laughs> so they haven't won a football game that they stepped foot on a field since almost three years ago. Um, new head coach Clarence McKinney um, has not coached in a football game that this team has won. Um, there are good FCS programs and there are bad FCS programs. This is a bad FCS program. <laughs> Driving not, home what you said. Honestly, to- not even a bad FCS program, but like a would not be favored against even maybe a like good division three team, perhaps like this is. This is like. Right, should win this game very comfortably. Um, and this and this is a situation where we I don't know if we've really seen it. Uh, there is an opportunity um, for style points. Um and I, 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 I can't comfortably say that we need to be talking about Rice style points after how the first three games have gone. <laughs> um, but I, I will say if it is a three score game in the third quarter and Rice has the option to grind out the clock and milk out the final 20 minutes of this game or just keep chugging and try and score a couple more touchdowns. I, I kind of think that they need to score a couple more touchdowns. Yeah, I don't think and um, not even like there's no one you're you're trying to impress here. But like, frankly, this, this, this offense, team needs to know they can do it. I know you you really need the confidence. Like, I don't like a school like Rice, uh, like laying on the hammer against a downtrodden HBCU program is like maybe not the best look in the world. But like, this is football, man. Like, no time for sympathy. Uh just like the team. It's going to be our outro for the podcast. This is football, man. <laughs> like uh, the team needs the confidence. They need the reps, quite frankly. Um, so, you know, I, I, I don't think there's any, there's no like, let's get a lead and ride this one out. Like you need to, to like the biggest thing you can do with these two weeks besides win, which you need to win is to like, Build your confidence because like after that bye week, it's what, isn't it UAB and UTSA right in a row? Yep. Um, so you got these two weeks to get right, and then you got a week off to get healthy and game plan. Uh, and you need to take advantage of every little bit of that that you can. So Yeah, and I it's I I asked uh, I asked Naeem Smith. After the Texas game, I said, you know, for as excited as y'all were for the season um, and the expectations y'all had for this season, um, you know, how do you like what's what's the message to the team? Like, how do y'all keep going and fighting after such a a rough start, you know, 0 and 3? And he said, I mean, I got here and we went 0 and 9. (laughs) I was like, well, uh that's a good uh, yeah. perspective. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, and we turned around, we won three in a row. I was like, okay, I'm listening. Um, and that was actually, uh, if 
if we're going back, I wrote this in, into the uh, the game preview for the Texas Southern game. The last time Rice lost three games in a row, they won three games in a row because that was going back to the 2019 season. And I'm not saying that's indicative of what's going to happen now, but it wouldn't hurt. Um, for for all the good and bad of this team, we've seen their uh, what happened last game doesn't really seem to be indicative of how the next game is going to go. And I mean that in a positive for, and negative Yeah, for way. better or worse. Yeah, like they could have a great game and then just completely disappear, or they could completely disappear two games in a row, or they could have two great games back-to-back. The, the consistency has been far from the defining element of this program. Um, but the top-level ability, when they have everything going, especially on defense, which um, is going to be better, um, You know, I, it, it's, it's, it's got to turn around. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, it will. And, and then and now's the time to start that. And we will, we will preemptively tell us, you know, going into this three game stretch, we told ourselves, don't freak out. Don't freak out. It's going to be Owen three most likely. And it's going to be okay. Um, I don't know if I'm going to tell myself not to be too happy or too freaked out after this game or the, or the next two. I think I'm just going to kind of have to, write it out and see what happens because honestly i i have no idea you know (laughs) yeah um so uh like i guess my last word here would be to frustrated fans um it is totally normal to like be upset with where the team is now Uh, i certainly was on saturday night um I, as I tend to, after the high emotions of a day of football, have cooled off a bit since then. Um, but at least in terms of record, this is where we thought they would be at this point in the season, and everything is still in front of them. Uh, it's obviously the pressure is on, and it should be. But, uh, yeah, th- this is... This is where we thought we'd be, even if it feels a little worse than we thought it would. So just um, the story of the season was never going to be written after the first three games. So it's not written now, but, you know, now's the time where things get interesting. So, yeah, just... and I think I think my my my, my kind of the thing that I. I want to know, and I don't think I've seen we've seen yet because the Houston game was was strange with with how it started, and then Rice Luke McCaffrey attempting one pass in the third quarter, and then he goes out after two drives against Texas, one of which was a three and zero. The second one, he marched him down the field. Uh, like I, I still the reason that we had so much hope for this team, this offense was, we thought Luke McCaffrey had a different gear that Rice quarterbacks haven't had yet. And so I don't know if we've seen it. And so that's kind of like, like I I get the frustrations of like, yeah, we've been here before and they just keep losing. Um, And it, and I, I understand that to a degree, but I, I still think the reason that we had the optimism and the hope that they could turn things around is because of that piece um McCaffrey and uh you know the new OC um coach Tui um 
So, and I think both of those things are still there. So I kind of think that's why, you know, you preach patience a little bit. And I, I, I echo you um, with the, the, you know, understandable frustrations, but, but that's kind of like, I guess my basis for that is the fact yeah. that like, it's not just, you know, maybe they'll turn around. It's like, no, we can point to a specific, um, you know, personnel and scheme and plan. Um, maybe not scheme. Maybe that's huh. something we still need to see a person maybe. Um, so that's kind of, it's still been incomplete. So, uh, the grace period is over. Like you said, it's, it's time to put it into action, but no better team to do it against than a team that is, what did you say? 230. Yeah. 253rd out of 258 teams in all of division one. I think it's lower than I thought. Yeah. Um, <laughs> one, one of the six or seven worst teams in FCS. So. No better that time is, than the present. Yep. Um, so uh, hopefully this Saturday will be kind of a get right game. And then you can use that to get a conference win, start out conference play one and zero. you know, for everything that it, everything that comes out of this. If you, if you beat Southern Miss in two weeks, you'll be one and zero in conference, um, you know, get right over these next two weeks, get a conference win. Uh, and then you have a bye week to kind of retool before you, you get into the meat of the season. And, uh, Everything, like I keep saying, everything's still in front. So um, we'll be with y'all through that. We're as uh, <laughs> eager to see things improve from here as y'all are. Uh, but we'll we'll stick with you through it and uh, be back next week. And rice fight. This show was edited and produced by Carter Spires. It features music from Joseph McDade.